So as you know, we're in a series called Hang 10. Come on, everybody say Hang 10. Oh gosh, that sounded so powerful, so exciting. Come on, put some month into it. Hang 10. There we go. Hang 10, man. We've already talked about uh, our passion for Jesus, loving people, a heart of service. And, and when we think about what the, the picture that's being painted of discipleship, of being a true disciple, I think if we look around, we can all agree that we just don't see enough true disciples uh, living today. Anybody agree with that? We, we need to see more people that are really walking in this, living in this, uh, living, truly living as disciples of Jesus Christ, and that's why we're here. Amen? Because we're going to be that people. We're going to be the people who, who follow God, who listen to God, who, who grow to be everything that Jesus um, has created us to be. Well, today, continuing in this Hang 10 series, we're going to talk about hanging on to the Holy Spirit, hanging on to the Holy Spirit. And I've got to tell you, there's been some things stirring in my heart about this, and I'm so excited. I sincerely believe that one of the greatest things that's needed in the body of Christ today is an increased sensitivity to the Holy Spirit. That we would be sensitive. And Michaela, thank you for being sensitive to the Holy Spirit. I'm telling you, God, if we'll listen, if we'll, if we'll yield ourselves, submit ourselves to the Holy Spirit, no telling what he can do both in us and through us for his glory and for his honor. Amen? Amen. You know, I think there really is a lot of confusion that goes on when we start talking about the Holy Spirit. I think that there are people that, um, you know, I really think the enemy tries to get us pushed over into one extreme or to the other extreme. I think one extreme is that um, you just don't even talk about the Holy Spirit. You know, there are whole churches, denominations that never mention anything about the Holy Spirit. They never talk about the Holy Spirit. They never emphasize the Holy Spirit. They, um, as a matter of fact, uh, some people buy into a, a cessation uh, theology where the, the works, the activity of the Holy Spirit uh, ceased at some point in time. And, and I'm just telling you, I mean, with all the love and grace in my heart, they're just wrong. Um, I mean, I'm I'm not trying to be ugly here, not trying to start a war with anybody, but, but man, there's, there's just documented evidence that since the, the day of Pentecost, there's been a continual work and moving work, living work of the Holy Spirit throughout every generation, and I'm glad today that the Holy Spirit works and moves and lives for in, in us and through us, amen? amen. So again, there's, there's people, there's an extreme that says the whole, nothing about the Holy Spirit, and maybe the only time the Holy Spirit gets mentioned is some formal prayer or doxology, or just, uh, it's just, there's, there's no intimate relationship. The other extreme, okay, the other extreme, and maybe some of you have, uh, have experienced this, is that the other extreme says, well, the Holy Spirit is just strange, you know, the Holy Spirit is strange, and he's, he's mystical and can't be understood and related to, and really, you kind of get this, this thought pattern that says the Holy Spirit's just weird, and, um, and I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit's not weird. He's wonderful. Um, now, if you've met any people who were weird and they, and they, they um, you know, attributed it to the Holy Spirit, let me, let me go ahead and, and key you in on something here today. It wasn't the Holy Spirit that made them weird. They were already weird, okay? The Holy Spirit just empowered it to show up more. <laughs> so, um, but, you know, my first experience with the, um, with the Holy Spirit, I can remember after getting saved, a few months after getting saved, <clears throat> Danny's dad 
And mom load us up in the car and they said, uh, we're, um, we're going to go and we're going to this guy's house. We're going to Paul's house and, and we're going to a garage prayer meeting, okay? And I didn't even understand, didn't know what that was, but it was a prayer meeting that was taking place in the garage. And so we drive up to this, down this country road and we're, we pull up to this farm and, and there's other cars parked around. And as we pull up, we get out of the car and we're walking towards this garage. And all of a sudden we hear this, <clears throat> this noise, we hear screams and shouts and, and then um, here comes this man running out of the garage, and he runs, jumps over a picnic table and r- starts running around the, the yard with his arms in the air, just shouting. And I was like, man, that sounds like a good idea. I think I'm going to run back to the car, and I'm going to hide in the car until this whole thing is over. So um, I don't know about you, but, uh, but I've seen some strange and some unique things. And, and I think that, that, that there would want to be an impression that's, hey, listen, you can't trust the Holy Spirit. He'll, he'll make you do things, and, and you'll act certain ways, and you've got to watch out for the charismaniacs and the Pentecostalites, and you've got to watch out for all this kind of stuff. And, and I'm just telling you that neither extreme is accurate. Neither extreme is going to benefit us, is going to lead us to who the Holy Spirit really is. And so I want us to grow today in being people who welcome the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. I've got to tell you, in spite of that first initial act or engagement with the Holy Spirit, that I've had some times in my life that I cannot imagine how I would have made it through if it wasn't for the presence of the Holy Spirit. I've had intimate and wonderful times of, of prayer and times where God has corrected my thinking. The Holy Spirit has shaped things in my heart and my, in my life and, and, and times when the Holy Spirit has, has come alongside and helped in difficult situations. I mean, I really could, I could just start recounting time after time after time where the Holy Spirit, I think about times when he came in and in times of great difficulty and sorrow and heartache and, and confusion and the Holy Spirit brought comfort and, and spoke peace and, and stepped, you know, it's like Jesus stepping to the front of the boat, the Holy Spirit just stepped into the middle of the situation and brought a, just a manifestation of comfort and grace and, and I, for one, I'm just telling you, I would, would not even ever want to think about trying to live as a disciple of Jesus Christ without the presence of the Holy Spirit. I mean, I'm just so, so thankful for the Holy Spirit. And if I can be honest with you, that um, I'm thankful for a season right now. Um, You know, there's seasons in our spiritual lives and journeys. And um, just before I I left, I finished reading a book called Sozo. It's kind of a a book about freedom and and living in freedom. And and one of the sections of this book on Sozo was about an increased intimacy with the Holy Spirit. And I don't think I was having a bad relationship with the Holy Spirit. All I can say is that it got better when there was just some fresh revelation, some things that God spoke to my heart and some things that God did that just increased a level of intimacy and, and just a, a friendship. And I, I just want this. I'm serious. I want to see every person growing in our relationship with the Holy Spirit. It's a wonderful, wonderful gift that God gives. And so what we're created. You and I are created to live in the Holy Spirit, and for the Holy Spirit to live in us, to have an intimate, close, living relationship. 
We know that it's the Holy Spirit that draws us to Jesus Christ in the first place, that the Holy Spirit that causes us to be born again of the Spirit, to, to be alive in the Spirit. And that's the Holy Spirit that then the, that we understand that comes and stays with us. And, and I love the fact that when he stays with us, he stays close to us. He stays closer than our very, very best friend. And, uh, and I believe today that, that the Holy Spirit wants to come in to each of our lives and to do a fresh, a renewed work, a, a growing work of just knowing him and, 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 and experiencing all that, he, um, all that he is in our lives. If that's what God wants to do today, how many people are saying, I'm open for that? Amen? Hallelujah. I believe that. Well, you know, we said that the Holy Spirit comes and lives in us, and we need to understand that this is part of our purpose. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19 uh, puts it like this. It says, do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God, you are not your own. Now, we've made this clear over the last few weeks that we're not our own. We've submitted ourselves to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. We're passionately going to live for Jesus and, and serve Jesus and serve others by serving or serve him by serving others. Amen. That's who we are. And so we find out that, hey, we are the temple of the Holy Spirit, that God's assigned place for the work and the activity of the Holy Spirit on planet earth is in us. It's in you. It's in me. Man, that's a great thing. That's something that we should celebrate today. So if that's true, if all the work that's going on in us, us becoming followers, us becoming believers in Jesus Christ and growing to be disciples in Jesus Christ, it all started by the Spirit. We've got to be aware that what began in the spirit then cannot be completed in the flesh. And I think there's a temptation for that. I think there's a temptation that says, hey, I've got some understanding. God's done something in my life. Now let me figure out what I need to do to grow and to make it, uh, to, to make it increase. This isn't a new thing. As a matter of fact, as far back as, as the book of Galatians, Paul says this in chapter 3. He says, oh, foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? It was before your eyes that Jesus Christ was publicly portrayed as crucified. So let me ask you only this. Did you receive the Spirit by works of the law or by the hearing of faith? And a rhetorical question, obviously it wasn't by the works of the law. It was by faith. It was, it's a work of the Spirit. It's not a work of the flesh. So he says, are you so foolish that having begun by the Spirit, are you now being perfected by the flesh? And this is a good question for us today. Are we really living by the Spirit? Are we, are we putting our trust and our confidence? Are we welcoming the work and the presence and the manifestation of the Spirit of God in our lives? Or are we thinking that we're the ones that have got to make things work? We're the ones that have got to do it. I'm telling you that if we're going to be the people the people that God wants us to be, the people of character, the people that, uh, of power in the Holy Spirit. We've got to be people who live in the Spirit. You see, the Spirit of God, the Bible says that where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom, there's liberty. And part of that freedom and liberty is to become everything that God's created us to become. It's to have a, a right mentality, a right identity. It's to have the power to accomplish His purposes in our lives. It can't happen in our own strength. So we need to hang on to the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. I, I'm, I'm serious. I, I hope that this is an, the attitude. I hope it's the lean of every single person's heart. That more 
and more. That, that, that just more and more I'm yielding to the Holy Spirit. More and more I'm welcoming his love and his power. I'm, I'm more and more I'm, 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 I'm submitting myself to his discernment in my life. And if I can say of all the, the gifts and manifestations of the, of the Holy Spirit, I think discernment is probably one of the greatest needs in our lives today. So, uh, but I want to see more of everything, more words of knowledge, more prophecy, more miracles, more deliverance, more gifts, more fruit, more and more and more. And can I tell you that, that in my heart, I sincerely believe, um, again, maybe it was just because I was so covered in prayer, maybe it was just a special grace of, of God, a special anointing of the Holy Spirit, I don't know what. But I can tell you this, I can tell you that when I, I came back into America, and, and I could tell you some story about this, some stories that, that all of a sudden I, I sensed more of an oppressive battle in the spirit in America than I did in India. I, I'm, I'm being serious about this. I, I think that there's, there's more mixing, there's more diluting, there's more deception. You know, there it's kind of black and white. It's you're either in or out, you're, you know, Hindu or Christian. You're, you know, it's, there's, there's, there's a clear dividing line, a clear separation, a clear identity, but, but things get muddled in our world. And, and I'm telling you, it's time. It's time for us as disciples of Jesus Christ, as people who have been entrusted with the filling of the Spirit in our lives to, to receive a fresh anointing of God on our lives so that we can walk and, and be His people, His hands, His reaching out to the world in which we live. We need more of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. You know, John chapter 14 says this. It says, uh, verse 12, truly, truly, Jesus speaking here, he says, <clears throat> I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do. I, I would say in this uh, gathering here today, everybody understands the works of Jesus Christ. The book of John, read the seven miracles that he, met, that we, he talks about in the book of John. It pretty well delineates, you know, there were, he has power over creation. We see healing of blind people. We see, um, we see him raising the dead. We see demons being cast out. We get, we understand. Now just raise your hand. Everybody understand what we're talking about? The, the works of Jesus. All right, four people understand the works of Jesus. Oh, thank you. All right, okay. So the, 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 these are things. He says greater things, greater works than these he will do. You and I will do. Because I'm going to the Father, whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Now, I, I, again, I've been in some of the crazy places of the Holy Spirit, and people have taken these little, these little sections of Scripture and taken them to an nth degree and got out of order about it. Does it really mean anything we ask? Well, I think anything that's directed by the Holy Spirit, anything that's in alignment with the Word of God. And so we need help understanding what it is that we need to ask. So Jesus, recognizing this in verse 15, he goes on and he says this, If you love me, keep my commandments. Now let's take a time out right here and just say this, that, that Jesus here isn't being oppressive Jesus here isn't being a dictator, but what he's saying is that love, okay, that obedience is always a sign of love. That, that obedience to the Father, that obedience to the prompting of the Spirit, that obedience to the Word of God flows from a heart, from a manifestation of love in our lives. 
So he says, if you love me, keep my commandments and I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him or knows him. However, you know him. You know the Holy Spirit. As, as children of God, the, God does a work in us so that we can, we can have a, a sensitivity, an, an awareness of the Holy Spirit working and living in our lives. You see, he, he's saying to us, listen to what he says. Here's, here's what I think he's saying here. He's saying, if you obey me, if you keep my commandments, then, then you're going to have this, this work in your life. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be greater works than I did. But you need help with obedience. Anybody here ever need help with obedience? Liars, right? So, right. Man, we all need help with obedience, right? If we just walked in half the truth we knew, man, we'd be way ahead of the game right now. I'm telling you, amen? So what we need, Jesus says, I'm going to give you some help. And the help is going to come in the form of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit helps us to come to walk in obedience, to walk in love, to, to live in power. And so then he listened to what he says, and, and I think this is so important, and I, I want to camp here just for a second. In verse 18, he says, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. And now listen to what he's saying here, guys. He's saying, look, the world can't receive the spirit of truth. They don't know him, but you know him because he dwells in you. And because he dwells in you, then you can't, you won't ever again be an orphan. You know what? I'm telling you, I believe that there is a stronger work of, of, the spirit, of an orphan spirit that's going on in the body of Christ than we regularly recognize. That, that orphan spirit that says, well, I'm not sure if I can really trust God, trust a loving heavenly father, trust the presence of the Holy Spirit in my life. So I better depend upon my own strength, my own reasoning, my own thoughts rather than God. It's an orphan spirit that's manifesting. People that continually, and, and with all love, man, people that continually fall into this cycle of loneliness, discouragement, and depression. I'm telling you, I believe that what you're dealing with here is you're dealing with a spirit, an orphan spirit that says, I'm, I'm really not sure if I'm accepted. Listen, God wants you to get this today. He brought it through the worship team. Amen. Did you hear this earlier? Um, Michaela said it. Uh, people that just don't feel like you'll ever be good enough. You know what that is? It's part of that orphan spirit that says, I'm really not sure that I belong. I'm really not sure that I'm part of the family. I'm really not sure that I'm good enough. And if I work a little harder, if I put a little more confidence in myself, if I, if I, can, if I can get my identity, maybe I have to get it from some other people. Maybe I have to get it from a bottle. Maybe I have to get it from pills. Maybe I have to get it from drugs. But I'm telling you, God says, because the Holy Spirit lives in us, we don't have to yield to, we don't have to give in to an orphan spirit. There is freedom. There is freedom available. And I'll tell you what this orphan spirit will keep us from doing. If we let this, and it doesn't have anything to do with whether there was a dad in the house or not. My dad was in the house, and I know for a fact that the orphan spirit lived in me for a long time. Always looking to somebody else to help define who I am or help bring some kind of an identity into my life. And I'm telling you, the only person that's going to get the authority, that's going to get the privilege, that has purchased the right to define who we are is Jesus Christ for the finished work that he did upon the cross. Amen? Amen. That orphan spirit will, keep, will cause you to keep God 
at arm's distance, and it'll cause you to keep the Holy Spirit even further away than that. And so what I want to do just, just in this, just right now is I want to take authority. We are not going to let the orphan spirit work in our lives, work in this church, work in you. Would you agree with this today? Are you ready to take this action? Why don't you just lift your hand and just say in agreement, Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, God, with all sincerity, I know that this is a word from you. God, we break every orphan spirit in this house. We break, God, the assignment, the operation of an orphan spirit in the lives of your sons and your daughters, of men and of women. We say, no, God, no, we won't look to others. We won't look to things. We won't look to substances. We will receive from you and from you alone. God, we get our identity. We get our DNA from you. And God, you do. You say, God, that you will not leave us as orphans because you come to us. You identify us as your sons. You identify us as those that are worthy to carry the presence of Almighty God in our lives by the indwelling and the sealing of the Holy Spirit in our lives. So we thank you for freedom. We thank you for deliverance from the orphan spirit right now in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen. amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. So we're not going to just be... Um, Believers, we're not going to, we start as believers, right? We're not, we're not down, we're not, we're not down in believers. Everybody starts as a believer, but we're going to move to disciples, sons, people that are fully following Jesus Christ. And, and as we do that, I believe that there are going to be some benefits that we receive from the Holy Spirit. Three quick benefits that we receive from the Holy Spirit. You ready? Number one, the Holy Spirit teaches us and the Holy Spirit leads us. John 14, 25 says that these things I've spoken to you. While I am still with you, but the helper, the words comforter, parakletos in the Greek, one that, one that comes alongside, one that dwells with us, one that helps lift, uh, lift the weight of our lives, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you, he will teach you all things. Can I say one thing about being taught? Okay, To, to be able to be taught, you have to be teachable. Okay, are we teachable? In India, I ministered one service about the, the treasure of a teachable spirit. Listen, I believe that there's lots of times the Holy Spirit's tapping us on the shoulder and saying, hey, let me help you with this. Let me give you some instruction. Let me give you some direction. Don't do this. Don't do that. Don't go out with him. Don't take this path. Don't do, you know, and lots of stuff. Okay, but we don't have this teachable spirit. Okay, so we're going to have a teachable spirit because the Holy Spirit's going to teach us all things and he's going to bring to remembrance all that I have said to you. So he's going to teach us. So, so we're, we're people who submit ourselves and say, Holy Spirit, come and teach us. Uh, there's nobody that's arrived yet, right? I haven't arrived. Anybody else? Nobody here's arrived. No. So we need you to teach us, to inform us, to instruct us. John 16, verse 7 says, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go away, I will send him to you. How many people know that Jesus is a promise keeper? 
Amen. He, he does what he says. He went away. He sent the Holy Spirit. He says, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment concerning sin because they do not believe. Did anybody ever get convicted of sin before you were a believer? Man, I'm telling you, I thought I was going to fry in the pit of hell. I mean, I, right, I, I was going to get, Jesus was going to come. I was going to get left behind. We were going to be boiled in oil and all those kind of things. Man, I knew I was a sinner, okay? But hallelujah, can I tell you this? He convicts the world of sin, but then the Bible says he convicts us of righteousness. Of righteousness, Okay, we may sin, but we're righteous people who occasionally sin, not just sinners saved by grace. Amen? Man, we are sons of righteousness and daughters of righteousness, and we live in a, a righteous kingdom. Amen? So the Holy Spirit comes to con uh, convict of righteousness concerning righteousness because I go to the Father, and you will see me no longer concerning judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. And everybody should shout, hallelujah. The ruler of this world, the devil's already been judged. Our enemy's already been judged. He's judged as defeated. His sentence has already been sentenced, right? He is going to spend eternity in hell while we rejoice in heaven. Hallelujah. And so he says in verse 12, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. Guide you. Can I ask this? If the Holy Spirit is a teacher and a guide, are you willing to be led? I mean, you know, <laughs> are we willing to follow the Holy Spirit? Are we willing to keep in step with the Holy Spirit. Because if we do, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he speaks, uh, whatever he hears, he will speak. And he, listen to this, he will declare to you the things that are to come. God cares enough about us that he will prepare us right now for stuff we have to deal with in the future. Listen to me. I know that there are people that are sitting here this morning that you're dealing with some tough stuff. And, and you've got some st tough stuff that's coming down the road. And what do we do with family situations? And what do we do about financial issues? And what do we do about relationship issues? And what do we do about the, the world and the culture of the world that we live in? Does anybody recognize we live in a messed up world, a messed up culture? Some of the things that people believe and espouse and say from Washington all the way right here to, to Texas. Amen? There's, there's a lot of stuff there. We need, okay, we need the Holy Spirit to show us the things to come. He wants to prepare us. He wants to equip us. He wants to protect us. He wants to guide us. He wants to instruct us. The Holy Spirit wants to help us. Are we willing to let the Holy Spirit help us? He will glorify me, verse 14, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that the Father has is mine. Listen to this. All that the Father has is mine. Therefore, I said that he will take what is mine and he will declare it. He will dispense it to you. God's not holding out on us. God's looking for people who will be submitted and yield and, and be re and received by faith his work in our life. He's looking for people who will receive from him. So he wants to teach us the ways of righteousness, show us the ways of the kingdom, how to walk in authority, how to walk in love, how to walk in the spirit, how to be naturally supernatural, right? Can I tell you, you can be walk in the spirit, you can live in the spirit, you can operate in the supernatural and not be weird and wacky, right? 
Okay, for years we've said, right, God's not a flake. His children shouldn't be flaky. So, hallelujah. Okay, number two, the Holy Spirit equips us with gifts and with character. With gifts and with character. And Galatians talks about the fruit of the Spirit. If you weren't here this summer, let me encourage you. We did a whole series this past summer called Cultivate, about cultivating the fruit of the Spirit. And I'm sure it's somewhere on our <laughs> website and you can go and get to it. I'd encourage you. We should be cultivating the fruit of the Spirit. The love, the joy, the peace, the patience, all those things. The Holy Spirit equips us with fruit, okay, with character, and with gifts. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, chapter 14, Romans talks about these gifts that God gives to his church, to his people. He pours them into our lives by his Holy Spirit so that they can be manifest in our lives and through our lives. What kind of gifts? Well, not going to go into all of them today, but working of miracles, speaking in tongues, wisdom, faith, healing, prophecy, interpretation of tongues, discerning of spirits. I put that in there intentionally to mention it again. We need discernment. So many times, I think what's happened, though, when people hear about the Holy Spirit, they get caught up in this issue of tongues, and they, and they think, oh, it's, it's got to be aware of the Holy Spirit because you'll, 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 this, this tongues thing, we don't understand that, and, and we're not going to go into all of that today, but I, can I say this, that every gift that the Father gives us is a good and perfect gift and has purpose in our lives and the purpose of manifestation in the gathering, listen to this, of believers, Okay? So why don't we see the, the manifestation of tongues and interpretation in the, on the Sunday service? Everybody here is not a believer. It's not a, it's not, it's, it, you know, the Holy Spirit's welcome to do what he wants. We're not going to quench or grieve him. But can I tell you that that's not something that's needed when there's the, the here on an everyday basis. But I will tell you that I am thankful personally for uh, the gift of, the, of, of being able to pray in the Holy Spirit, to be, to be able to pray in tongues. Paul said, I pray in, the, in tongues more than you all. And again, there's, there's those that would say, hey, that's not for today. All I've got to say is they, a, a man with an experience can never lose to a man who has an argument, right? And I am thankful, I am thankful for the work of the Holy Spirit in my life, in the lives of believers around the world. But it's not all about tongues. Don't get hung up on the tongues part. God will help you with that. God will, he'll, he'll, he'll let you grow and, and learn and, and develop that. But I can tell you that as mature people growing in the Lord, there needs to be more of a manifestation of the gifts of the Spirit that are happening in our lives. The Bible in Galatians chapter 5 says this, if we live in the Spirit, then we're going to walk in the Spirit. Okay, it's not going to be something that's, that's out of order with who we are, out of character with who we are. We're going to walk in the Spirit, and the gifts will be manifesting on a regular basis. Let, let me say this. The, the Holy Spirit does not work from the pulpit, from heaven, through the pulpit to the people. The Holy Spirit works through people to people. The Holy Spirit, okay? I'm telling you, I'm thankful for the times that God does that, but I believe that God wants to be releasing a work, manifestations of the Spirit on campuses and in workplaces and in homes and in your businesses. Uh, he still does this. We still see this happen. Uh, I mean, it's happening all the time. Uh, just this, this past week, I've got to tell you that, that there was a, 
a night when I was, um, was, was speaking, and it, I, I don't believe it was because of the position, just the speaking. I think it was somebody who was just willing, who was just uh, said, God, here I am, and use me. And all of a sudden, I, f- I sensed that there was just a, a, a pain. Somebody had a pain in their, um, in their right hip. So I said, listen, before we close here, I just want to pray if there's anybody that has a, a pain in your right hip. Well, three or four or five people stood up. But in my heart, I sensed that it wasn't complete yet, that there was somebody else. And so I said, okay, now let me describe this. This is an agonizing, a severe pain. You've been sitting through service and just wishing that service could hurry up and get over so you could go and, and, and you could, because this pain was just so hurtful. It was just, it was distracting you. And a little lady stood up over on the, on the left-hand side, my left of the church, and kind of waved at me. And when she, and I went, that's it. That, that's, that, and I, hey, I don't know how this all works. Get Chris to explain it, all right? But that's right. But, um, but, I, but I can tell you this. I said that when we prayed for her that that night before we left, she goes, I just want you to know that the pain has just decreased immensely. Uh, wait a minute. That's not about a person being special. Gifts never validate the person. Gifts validate how great and loving and amazing our God is. Amen? So... Hallelujah. So, thirdly, finally, wrapping up here, okay, finishing up here real quickly. The Holy Spirit not only um, equips us with gifts and character, he not only teaches us and leads us, but he empowers us and he strengthens us. Acts chapter 1, Jesus speaking to his disciples and said this, "And, and while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you've heard from me, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Listen, this is, this is Jesus, one of the last things he says uh, to his disciples on the face of the earth. He says in verse 8, and you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the uttermost part of the earth. Can can I make an assertion here that if the disciples who had walked with Jesus on the face of the earth, they'd seen firsthand the demonstration of who he was and what he could do, if they needed the power of the Holy Spirit to carry out the Great Commission, we need the power of the Holy Spirit to carry out the Great Commission. Amen? So, so he, and what a great, he lays it out so clear for us. Jerusalem, home, Judea, um, the community, Samaria, other cultures and races, other cultures and races, right? This is the appointment to us. And then he says, unto the uttermost parts of the earth, to missions, to missions, to, to the world. We care about everybody. There's not a person on the face of the earth that as disciples, as sons of Almighty God, filled with the Holy Spirit, that we don't want to see every person, every person come to know Jesus in a real and personal, intimate way. Amen? Amen. And so on the day of Pentecost, we see that there was an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Tongues fell on, uh, tongues as a fire appeared to them, fell on them. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave utterance. Praise the Lord for the tongues again. We're not, okay, but listen to this. What I love is the Holy Spirit gives, gives us help to be obedient and help to be bold. I believe we need an infusion of holy boldness in our lives. The scripture says in Acts 2.14, it said, But Peter, 
standing up with the eleven, lifted up his voice and addressed them, men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and give ear to my words. What I would do is I would just take your Bible or your iPhone or whatever and highlight, but Peter. (laughs) Now, this is Peter who, when Jesus was being uh, scourged and crucified, this is Peter who goes, I don't know him. Let me prove I didn't. Here, I'll cuss for you. You know, I'll just tell you, show I wasn't with Jesus. This is Peter who, when things, he just doesn't understand what was going on. He said, forget it all. I'm going fishing. I'm leaving it all behind. I'm going to go back to what I know. I'm going to go back to the boat. I'm going to, I'm going to try and re, uh, rebuild my life. But the Holy Spirit comes. Jesus goes. He, he captures Peter again. And Peter walks in obedience. And he stays and he receives the Holy Spirit. And all of a sudden, there's a boldness in his life that transforms him and through him. The scripture tells us that thousands, thousands of people were transformed. Can I tell you, it's the same Holy Spirit that fills you. Thousands. Let's not, hey, God, we haven't seen his greatest work yet, guys. We haven't seen the greatest work of the Holy Spirit yet. We haven't seen the greatest work of God in our lives or through our lives yet. Come on, are we ready? So yes, Holy Spirit, we want you to fill us, to help us, to strengthen us, to work in us. Acts chapter 3, you know, he, Peter's going into the temple. Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, give I thee. Rise up, rise up and walk. Was it Peter? No. It was the manifestation of the power of Jesus through the Holy Spirit in his life. I'm telling you guys, there's miraculous things that God's looking to do in and through our lives. I'm going to bring it to a close right there.